So at the moment, we're all going through a little bit of a UFC drought, and it is pretty tough to get through at the moment, I will admit. But Bellator MMA and Ryzen Fighting Federation are going to be putting on a massive event. In my opinion, one of the biggest non-UFC MMA events of the entire year. On New Year's Eve, before 2023 rolls around, and it's going to be such a massive event. The two of the bigger promotions outside of the UFC, co-promoting together, putting some of their best fighters up against each other for a huge event in the Saitama Super Arena, one of the biggest indoor arenas in the world. It's going to be a massive event. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to talking about it on the We Want Picks channel. But speaking of the We Want Picks channel, there is going to be a $1,000 giveaway on this channel if this channel does reach 10,000 subscribers before the 1st of January 2023 Angelo and Jacob will be doing a $1,000 giveaway it's a pretty big event as well if you're a longtime subscriber of the We Want Picks channel I definitely recommend that you do try and enter and if you're new to We Want Picks as well definitely all you've got to do is subscribe to the We Want Picks channel subscribe to the We Want Picks short channel and also leave a comment in the description of the giveaway video all you need to know will be in the description of this video it'll be some of the top links you can't miss it so definitely you want to be in to win the $1,000 Another thing as well that you can get from watching this video is I'm Artem MMA. I make some videos for We Want Picks. I make the Bellator videos. I make some PFL prediction videos, Dana White's contender series as well. If you want to um, maybe potentially have a few days for free on the We Want Picks uh, premium service, all you've got to do is go to the We Want Picks premium, sign up for the premium, premium and put in my code Artem for three days worth of premium for free and then from there you can make a decision if you want to renew and continue on so with that premium subscription you're going to get early access to all of angelo and jacob's bets so you're going to get so many bets from two different people with two different styles of bettings from my understanding jacob does like to place a lot more bets than angelo angelo likes to pick his spots so from there you can see two different people that are always making profit consistently making profit as well so you can have a look at that, and if that's something that you really enjoy, you can continue on, but you can get three days free using Artem in the link below. So what from uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to start talking about the fights. I'm not going to waste too much more time on the intro. So hopefully you guys are as looking forward to Bellator versus Ryzen as much as I am. I know this is the We Want Picks YouTube channel. I know you're just here for the picks. I'm going to try and make this quick, but I do feel like a lot of people are going to be asking in the questions, how can we actually watch the event? Because there's actually two ways you can watch it to my understanding. I could be completely wrong on this. This is how I understand it. So the US broadcast, I believe, is going to be on Showtime, like most Bellator events are going to be on at 8pm Eastern Time. But at the same day, there actually is another Ryzen event, which is going to be on Fight TV at 4am Eastern Time. And if you actually look at the fight website, you can actually buy the pay-per-view, which looks to me like it's a two-in-one package. You watch Ryzen 40, and then after that, there's going to be Ryzen versus Bellator. So from my understanding, Ryzen 40 and Ryzen versus Bellator are like two events. The Ryzen 40 is going to be your prelims, and then Ryzen versus Bellator is going to be like your main card sort of thing. So if you wanted to get up pretty early in the morning, like 4 a.m. to watch Ryzen 40, you can do that. Or if you wanted to get up like 7 or 8 a.m. or so, when I'd assume the Ryzen versus Bellator card is going to start, you can do that as well and buy the pay-per-view, kind of figure out when Ryzen versus Bellator is actually going to be completely live. Or what you can do is, I believe, what um, Bellator and Ryzen are probably expecting you to do. You can go on Showtime, and you can watch it on Showtime, and uh, it's going to be on 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you've got like a New Year's Eve party or something like that, and there's a lot of people that like MMA, you can throw this on in the background, and maybe you can talk about it, and people will uh, maybe recognize a couple of fighters because it's a pretty big event. But because Ryzen 40 is the prelims, in my opinion, it's going to be acting like a preliminary card. I'm going to quickly, quickly talk about this event. So... 
Patrick Shorusami, uh, former Road to UFC fighter. John Dodson, obviously former UFC fighter. A lot of people know him. Hideo Tokoro fought for Bellator. Ryzen, K1. And another major promotion as well, a long time ago. Ruggiero Bonterin was recently released from the UFC. Nyoki Inoue is also a former UFC fighter and he's a great prospect as well. Junior Tuffer is the brother of UFC fighter Justin Tuffer. Siyoshi Sudario, I believe, is a former sumo wrestler. And they're both having very, uh, very good uh, professional careers so far. Junior Tuffer as well, if I didn't mention, is a former glory kickboxer. I think I might have said that. But um, Seika Azawa as well is an unstoppable force at women's um, atom weight as well. I thought I'd better just quickly talk about that because uh, I felt like maybe a couple of people were going to want to know how and when to watch the fights. But with that being said, let's just uh, jump straight into the picks, finally. So we finally got to the first fight. Hopefully you guys didn't mind the long intro. Koji Takeda taking on Gunti Rabadanov, and this is going to be taking place in the Ryzen ring as all of the other fights are, which is definitely going to be something that I am paying attention to, the fact that the fights are going to be taking place in a ring and not a cage. A lot of the Bellator guys are probably a lot more used to fighting in a ring. Uh, in a cage, I mean. I'm getting going to get so confused when talking about these fights. But Koji Takeda versus Gunti Rabadanov. It's actually a pretty good fight, and it's an interesting stylistic matchup because Koji Takeda is a pretty dominant wrestler himself if he wants to be. On the feet, he is actually a very fast boxer, and he does have a very strong Strickland sort of striking style. He does a lot of parrying, which does lead to him being able to get a lot of counters off with his speed. But another thing I am going to mention is he is pretty hittable on the feet because of it. If he does miss the parry, he's going to get hit straight in the face. But um, they've both got pretty similar styles because Gazi Ravadonov's a pretty good wrestler with very strong top control. But Koji Takeda is kind of the same. He's, he's a good wrestler. He likes to get uh, takedowns in the middle of the ring. He doesn't necessarily work too much against the edge of the ring, but he can if he needs to. And the reason for that is because it is a ring. This isn't really the best image for it, but I will be looking to this image to kind of explain what I'm talking about here. So in the cage, obviously, you see a lot of guys working up against the cage, up against the cage walls, and earning a lot of control time from that, trying to get a dominant position against it. But what you see in Ryzen, or at least what I've seen from the researching of this fight, is the guys do work up against the, the ropes of, of the ring here, I guess you would describe it as, but they don't really put as much pressure as what the guys do when they're fighting in the cage but what they can do is they can actually work here against the corners against the posts i guess and you do see a lot of pressure being put on the posts but not necessarily in the ring so i thought i'd better bring that up and obviously koji decatur is a lot more used to that than gazi rabadonov is with his wrestling style and he can work up against the ring can work up against the ropes but when he does get guys in the corner he puts a lot of pressure on them and then he kind of pulls them away and then gets like a big slam in the middle of the ring so definitely something to, to uh, also pay attention to as well and a lot of guys can't use the edge of the cage anymore to try and stand up they're gonna have to use these posts the Bellator guys are uh, will try and stand up while in the middle of the ring so once someone gets to the ground it's not necessarily the easiest sort of thing to try and get up anymore but Koji Takeda he is a pretty good wrestler and grappler but one thing I have noticed is he's not really fighting the best level of competition recently um, he did recently beat Zach Zane, who was 15-3, and three, and Zach Zane's a pretty good fighter, like, he fights everywhere, uh, he fought for Dana White's Contender Series, he's fought for Eagle FC, he's fought for Bellator, <laughs> he's fought, he's fought everywhere, he's fought for Ryzen now, um, as well, but he beat Johnny Case as well, which was a pretty competitive fight, which he did win the decision, he lost to Spike Carlisle, who, it's just crazy, let's be honest, former UFC fighter, Noah Bay is 1-1, one and, one, and uh, lost a couple of fights uh, in there as well. But Gazi Rabadonov's on a pretty good streak since he got to Bellator. He's on a three-fight win streak against Daniel Carey. He beat JJ Wilson, who was undefeated at the time, from New Zealand like me. 
tough, and then he beat Bobby King as well. But Godzilla Rabadonov also likes to use a wrestling style when he likes to use his top control. He can work for submissions, but for the most part, he is just trying to smother his opponents with a top control. Kind of similar to Koji Takeda, but Koji Takeda does have very good ground and pounds and a pretty solid submission ability as well. He submitted Zack Zane pretty easily, but Rabadonov's got seven decision wins in his career and then a mix of KOs and uh, submissions. I do think in this fight it's going to go the distance. Koji Takeda, I believe, has eight decision wins on his record and a few submissions and then a couple of KOs as well in there, but... He did submit Zack Zane pretty easily. That was a very dominant fight. You can actually watch that on YouTube. You can watch it a lot of these Ryzen fights on YouTube as well, actually. But, um, yeah. He dominated Zack Zane, kind of put him up against the, the edge of the ring. I'm going to get confused with Cajun Ring a lot. Up against the ropes, put him in the corner here, uh, up against the corner, and then uh, took him down in the middle of the ring and then submitted him. So, pretty good win for Takeda. But the pick is Gadzi Rabadonov. He is the favorite here. He is minus 250. I think the odds might be a little bit too wide, but uh, it is going to be a fun fight. I do believe Robert Dunov is going to, to win the fight as well, obviously, as I, I literally just said. I can be an idiot sometimes, but I do like the level of competition he's beaten in Bellator, especially uh, JJ Wilson, who is a very solid fighter with a couple of good wins in there. Toji Koji Takeda, he's definitely dangerous. He's a good wrestler himself. If Koji Takeda can get the takedown first, it will be interesting to see if Gazi Rabadonov can work his way up without having a cage to help him, but... I like Rabadonov on the feet as well. He's got a little bit of a reach advantage. Takeda is pretty hittable. Uh, both guys are pretty good strikers. I think that Takeda is probably the faster boxer, but he does like to use his wrestling. Rabadonov's decision is the pick, um, and I'm looking forward to this fight. It's actually very well matched, in my opinion. Two guys with somewhat similar styles as well fighting each other. One thing I will throw in there as well is when Takeda gets on top, the first thing he kind of does look for is position, and then from there it is ground and pound and submissions. He does throw pretty good ground and pound, and he definitely is pretty lethal with it, but Gadzi Ramadanov is pretty similar as well. He does like to throw ground and pound first, uh, as well as getting top position. So both guys very evenly matched, a very similar matchup, and I do understand why they've done it. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great fight. During the last fight, I was saying how I completely understand why the matchmakers made that fight, but this next one, I'm a little bit lost because it's not a uh, rematch. And it's not the first time these guys are fighting each other. It's actually the third time that they're fighting each other. And Kyoji Horiguchi has actually won both of them. Kyoji Horiguchi recently um, beat him in 2018. So I guess it's not super recent. recent but in Ryzen 11, you can easily find the fight on um, on YouTube as well, by the way. It's, it's pretty easy to find. There's like millions of views on it as well. And he beat him in Shuto as well in 2013. He's already beaten him twice. And in that second fight in 2018, he actually beat him in his own game like Hiromasa Ojikubo he seems to be pretty um, one dimensional to me like he's got 20 wins uh, sorry uh, 28 wins but 20 of them are by decision 7 of them by submission 1 by KO this guy does shoot for takedowns all the time I'm talking about Hiromasa Ojikubo and in that first fight in 2018 um, Koji Horiguchi did have to defend a lot of takedowns he was put in a couple of awkward positions at times but he really had his number on the feet and he was out grappling him when the fight was getting to the mat. He was getting on top of Hiramasa. He was controlling him as well. And I just don't see how that is really going to change. I know Kiyoruchi Horiguchi hasn't been on the best run recently. I know Hiramasa Ojikubo has. Because he is on a pretty, was on a pretty good win streak before he ran into Suchol Kim. Who is going to be the next fight after this as well. Which is going to be pretty awesome. But it's going to be taking place at 125 pounds which is going to be uh, worth noting here at 57 kg flyweight i believe that's going to be like 124 126 pounds sort of thing 
Um, Joji Horiguchi and Ojikubo are going to have to cut a little bit of weight. I guess both uh, both of them have been fighting at bantamweight recently. But uh, Ojikubo, he beat Kaiyasakura. He's a really good fighter. Naoki Inoue is a really good fighter. He's fighting on Ryzen 40. Um, he's, he's been beating a couple of other uh, other guys as well that are pretty experienced. But Kyoji Horiguchi, 2-3 in his last five. Lost to Kai Asakura, who Ojikubo did beat. But then he did beat um, Kai Asakura again. <laughs> and then lost to Sergio Pettis in that fight, which I believe was like a last-minute loss. And then Patchy Mitch as well defended a lot of submissions there, which he might have to do against this in this fight here, and then beat a guy that just wasn't his level, really. But I think Kyoji Horiguchi's going to beat Hiramasa Ojikubo here. The lines are like minus 550 Horiguchi. Um, where is he? Minus 552, minus 400 at best, and then minus 500. So you get in Kyoji Horiguchi, like, minus 500 sort of area, and then you can kind of get, um, Ojikubo, like, minus 300 to minus 400, because I think it just comes down to the fact that Kyoji Horiguchi has already beaten him twice, but if we are going to talk about the matchup, I think Horiguchi's got a massive advantage on the feet. Ojikubo's going to be shooting for takedowns. A lot. That's what he does. He shoots for a lot of takedowns. Kyoji Horiguchi is probably going to be put in a couple of awkward positions because it is in the ring. But it's not really like Kyoji Horiguchi's never fought in a ring before. He has spent a, a, a few fights of his career inside of a ring. So it's not like it's going to be something new to him like a couple of other fighters on the card. I think I just see Horiguchi winning this one again. He's already beaten Ojikubo twice. He beat him by finish one time uh, by submission. Horiguchi doesn't actually have that many submission wins on his record as well. I think he might get another one. Like he did recently submit uh, Yuta Hakamura, who just wasn't really the same level as him. But I do think he's going to beat Ojikubo by submission again. Because Ojikubo is going to be consistently shooting for takedowns and trying to get those takedowns. I think Horiguchi is going to do the same thing. He's going to control him on the mat. Defend a couple of takedowns. If it does get to the ground, I think he's going to reverse the positions, control him on the mat, and work for a submission from there. So, yeah, give me Horiguchi. I think he's actually going to finish Ojikubo on this one here. Uh, not really a popular pick, but I do think it's going to be a submission here because, um, just as I said, I think Horiguchi's just better, and he really has proven that um, over time. And also, 125, fighting at, one, at flyweight is interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't really mind it, I guess, for, for both guys, but... Yeah, I think Horiguchi's got the advantage in this matchup here. Definitely on the feet, 100%. In fact, he might even be able to get a KO because uh, Ojikube was kind of running from him at times in that 2018 matchup. But uh, I do want to move on to the next fight because uh, I'm talking about a fight where one guy's already beaten the other guy twice. So let's just move on, eh? And as I was saying with the first fight on this card, Koji Takeda versus Gazi Rabadanov, this is a fight where the styles complement each other quite well especially on the feet on the feet both guys throw pretty high volume and they're always trying to pressure their opponents uh i would say wana chaleta is probably the better striker out of the two but suchol kim does have some offensive grappling which he could use against wana chaleta because we have seen wana chaleta struggle and lose to very high level wrestlers and grapplers he has lost to pitbull uh, the 145 pound champion and then his two losses at 135 are to sergio Pettis, a former Former champion, I believe, uh, the current champion, but I think he's injured. I could be wrong. Um, and then Ralphion Stotts, obviously a very good wrestler, and he did end up uh, getting a head kick on uh, Ralphion Stotts. And that's something that Suchal Kim does have in his back pocket. He's a very good kickboxer, and he does throw kicks to the legs, to the body, but he also does throw kicks to the head as well. Um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like that's just something that was worth mentioning, but I think Juan Archuleta is going to be throwing more volume against Suchal Kim. I think he's going to be pressuring him quite a bit more as well. I was um, looking through their records as well, and Suchol Kim is a lot more experienced in the ring than Juan Archuleta, as I have said countless times, and I will continue saying it. The event's taking place in a ring. It's not taking place in a cage. 
And Juan Archuleta is not very experienced at fighting in a ring at all. I don't believe he's actually fought any of his pro career inside of a ring where Suchol Kim has. He hasn't really fought for Ryzen much. I believe he's only had the one fight for Ryzen, but he has fought for one FC, which wasn't a cage. But when he was fighting for Road FC, uh, those fights were taking place in a ring. So um, he's got a little bit of experience. He's got a lot more experience, at least, in inside of a, inside of a ring instead of uh, a cage like Juan Archuleta does, which potentially could play a part in the grappling, because as I said, you can't really use the cage walls, um, like you can't really use the, the ring ropes to stand up like you can in, in, the, in the cage. You know, like a lot of guys, when they get taken down, they try and use the cage to help stand up. They put a lot of pressure on the cage, and then offensively, they put a lot of pressure on the cage as well in the clinch. You can't really do that when you're looking at the, at, the, um, at the ring here, if you know what I'm talking about. Not really if you know what I'm talking about, if you can understand what I'm saying. I feel like I'm ex explaining that terribly, but the pick is one Archuleta. It's another Bellator guy. I believe he's also the favorite as well. Very slight favorite, and I do understand why, and I feel like it's very important to note that Suchol Kim does have grappling in his back pocket, and it all's taking place in a ring as well. So if Juan Archuleta gets taken down, he's really going to have to try and get um, get up without using like a cage wall. He's going to have to try and get up in the middle of the ring. And uh, Juan Archuleta is minus 150 in this matchup here to plus 125, uh, which is Suchol Kim. Like I like picking guys with options, and uh, when I do that, I probably should be looking at Suchol Kim in the matchup, but I do like Juan Archuleta. I like the level of competition he's been fighting over at Bellator. He's got that win over Patchy Mix, which is aging very, very well. He's also fought at 145, so he's going to be a little bit bigger as well in the matchup, in my opinion, as well. Um, he's also fought a better competition as well, in my opinion, as well. Suchol Kim has fought good competition, but it was over at Road FC, and he hasn't been fighting very often. He's fought five times in six years. One actually has fought five times in about three years, so a little bit different there, but um, I'm going to be going Juan Archuleta. I like his volume. I don't really like the lack of experience in a ring, but it's just something we're going to have to deal with, and I'm going to be picking him to win a decision as well. Maybe a KO is on the uh, on the marks, but I don't think Kim's going to get KO'd. He's got a really good chin. He's very tough, and if he has to, he can grapple um, as well. So I'm going with Archuleta, but I think Kim is one of the most live underdogs on this whole card because there is a couple of live dogs on the card which I'm going to talk about when we get there. But I think that Asucho Kim uh, is definitely one of them. But I like one Archuleta to win in this matchup. I'm going to go with Decision as well. I wouldn't be too surprised if we get a KO, but Kim's got very good toughness. He can take a lot of shots, and I don't see uh, one Archuleta being the guy to knock him out. So give me one Archuleta to win by Decision. Using a very exciting uh, striking style, high volume, high pressure, both guys are going to be throwing high volume and high pressure. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this fight a lot. Now, this next matchup is Patricio Pitbull taking on Kleber Koik Erbst. I'm so sorry if I said it wrong, but man, this is another really, really exciting fight, and I think it's great. I think it's a really fun fight. Patricio Pitbull, obviously the Bellator champion, just defeated Adam Borix, where he made Borix not look that good. Like, uh, Patricio Pitbull really is on, on a good level, and he's also got that win over AG McKee, which is... Somewhat controversial as well, but um, yeah, he's, a, he's the Bellator champion right now at 145 pounds, has been for a long time, he's been around Bellator for a very long time as well, so it makes a lot of sense why he would be uh, on this event, but Clever Quick Herbs, when I first saw this match, I was like, oh yeah, Patricia Pitbull's gonna win, he's the Bellator champion, this and that, but... Man, I'm really excited uh, about Cleaver Quick Herbs uh, in this matchup and also looking forward to it because he's definitely someone that I think you should pay attention to. This is his record, right? So he's got 31 wins on his career. 
two by decision, two by KO, 27 by submission. I mean, that is insane. And I'm looking at the guys that he's submitting, and they're pretty high-level opponents. Like, some guys, you know, aren't really that great, I'm going to be honest. But he is submitting some really good uh, opponents in there. He's also fought at KSW against Mateus Gamrot. Lost that fight by decision. But, um... Yeah, submitting some really good guys in Ryzen, and one thing that I am noticing about Kleber Coke Orbs, which is very strange and very weird, and I hope Patricia Pitbull doesn't do it, but his opponents are taking him down sometimes. Like, he just accepts takedowns because he's so good off his back. He's got 27 submissions on his on his record. A lot of them are also off his back. Uh, technical triangle choke, triangle choke, uh, rear naked choke, obviously that was offensive, triangle choke. Like, he's getting um, defensive chokes off his back. And one way that he does it is he lets people take him down. Another way that he does it is he just pulls guard sometimes. Like, sometimes he'll be pulling guard. He wants the fight on the ground, and he doesn't care if he is on bottom at all because he's got such good Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's got such a good uh, jiu-jitsu and submission ability. He's very exciting to watch because of that, because he does have so many submission wins, and he can get the submissions. But what that does kind of lead to me is he's a bit one-dimensional you know and i don't think that being super one-dimensional is going to be able to mean that you can beat patricio pitbull because pitbull's super well-rounded like this guy's got like a very consistent amount of wins by submission and ko he's like got like 12 ko wins and like 12 submission wins something like that don't quote me on it but he's very very consistent like he's he's got he's got great power on the hands but he's also got great grappling himself and I feel like he's got the fight IQ at this point of his career to not take Clever Quick Irves down because Irves is definitely going to try and throw off his submission here. So I'm looking at the odds as well. So Patricio Pitbull is about minus 350 favorite. Irves is about plus 250. And uh, the lines are pretty wide. Like they are, but I, I think it really just does come down to the fact that Patricio Pitbull is the Bellator champion. And we do have to respect that as a, as a fact. Like he's been in Bellator for so long now, like, I feel like he's, um, really built his name there, and just, um, yeah, he's been in Bellator, he's 22 and 5 in Bellator, but he's been in Bellator for, like, over 10 years, I believe, since 2010, for 12 years, he's fought Bellator, which is absolutely incredible, but, um, yeah, I like Pitbull in this matchup here, I think he's so much better on the feet, but one thing I am going to say, though, in this matchup is if Clever Kerwick Herbs is going for offensive takedowns, as I have said in the, in the past, Pitbull's not going to be able to try and get um, stand up against the cage. He's going to have to try and stand up in the middle of the ring because he can't really use the ropes to help him too much. And I have been referring to this image a lot, but I think it is important to bring up that it's not in a cage, it is in a ring. But I think it's going to be potentially a weird fight to watch because I think Coke Herbs is going to be trying to pull guard. I think he's going to be going for interesting uh, takedowns that is potentially going to lead to him being on the bottom. But I think if Patricia Pitbull stay smart, um, especially if he does end up in a grappling tra tra transition and he is in a dominant position, he's going to have to try and stay safe, but in my opinion, his path to victory is definitely on the feet, I think he's levels above Herbs, Herbs does have a pretty interesting kickboxing style, he likes to manage the distance, which is interesting, but a lot of grapplers do tend to try and keep their striking opponents away from them. But I think Patricia Pitbull, he's obviously a good boxer, he's obviously a good kickboxer. He just had a really good performance against Adam Barracks only a couple of months ago. He's been fighting often, which I like to see, five fights in two years. Arabs has also fought five times in about a year and a half, which is awesome. But I do, I do like Patricia Pitbull in this matchup here. He is going to have to close the distance, which potentially could be dangerous because of the reach disadvantage that he does have, and also the height disadvantage that he does have. But it's not, not anything new to Pitbull at this point in his career. 
So yeah, I like Pitbull to beat uh, Clever Quick Herbs. I think it's going to be a pretty fun fight. Like I really do like this matchup because Herbs is so dangerous on the map, but I do think that Pitbull is going to get the win. Um, I would say by KO because of the level difference on the feet, but Herbs has never been knocked out before. So is that a hot take to say by KO? Um, he took Adam Boricks to five rounds and look, I'm going to go with, with Pitbull by decision. It's only a three round fight, which potentially could pay in the, play in the hands of potentially getting a KO because he's got less time to work. So he's going to be a bit more active. You know what I mean? But I'm going to be going with Pitbull by decision. I think that he should be able to beat Herbs here. It's going to be weird. As I've been saying, I think Herbs is going to be trying to get the fight down to the ground, but Pitbull's just going to be uh, beating him up on the feet. And I think it's going to be five rounds uh, of that. So um, yeah, give me Pitbull by decision. Uh, three rounds of that. Sorry. Pitbull by decision. And now we've made it to the main event, AJ McKee Jr. taking on Roberto De Souza, and what an event this is, man, just to reflect on all the fights we've talked about, it's so fun, I like the fact that we're getting two promotions, co-promoting with each other, it is something that happens quite a bit around the regional scene, but it's uh, not really something you see with two massive promotions like Bellator and Ryzen, but I'm looking forward to it, I, I, like, the, I like the future of it, and it also is rumoured that there's going to be a Bellator versus Ryzen event again, but in the USA next time, so that could be pretty cool, but... I'm going to spoil the party. I'm picking another Bellator guy. Like, um, I have really been looking into these Ryzen guys and seeing if I can find a, someone that is going to that is gonna beat them. But I do I do think all Bellator guys are going to win. I do think that AJ McKee will beat Herberto de Souza. But I was saying there was a couple of live underdogs on this card. And Sucho Kim is one of them. But I also think that Herberto de Souza is as well. Because this guy's grappling is just so good. Like, he's submitting really high-level fighters. And he's doing it somewhat easily. And he's doing it quickly too. Like it's it's kind of crazy and uh, to, to see it happen. Because he does have 10 submission wins on his record. He's got 4 KOs as well. He's never been out of the second round. He almost always finishes his fights in the first round. But um, just look at his last wins. Like he beat Tafik Musayev by submission within 90 seconds. And Tafik Musayev has gone on a pretty good run. He's also got a win over um, Pitbull's younger brother as well I believe. He beat Johnny Case by submission in the first round. He's on Ryzen 40. He's beat just he's just beaten guys, really good guys. Notably, notably Tafik Musaya by submission in the first round. He throws up a lot of triangles on the ground on the bottom. And the thing that is so scary about this pick, because I am picking AJ McKee as I said before, the thing that makes it so scary is AJ McKee doesn't really mind grappling. I think you should try and keep it on the feet for this one here because AJ McKee's a really good boxer. He's a really good striker. He is very well-rounded. He's a guy that Bellator has built up for, I believe, his entire career. I think he's actually spent his entire career under the Bellator banner. He's one of those guys that Bellator has tried to build up, and it was a massive success. Yeah, he has. He spent his whole career at Bellator. You know what that means? <laughs> he spent his whole career in a cage. He's never fought in a ring like Herberto de Souza has been recently at Ryzen, but um, I think AJ McKee's going to be in a wide decision, which is such a crazy pick to do because as I said Roberto de Souza has never been out of the second round he's submitting really really good competition and it's also at lightweight as well it's at 155 pounds and I have been somewhat vocal about how I do prefer AJ McKee at 145 I know it was his first fight at 145 since moving up a weight class against Spike Carlo but Spike Carlo did look quite a bit bigger than AJ McKee in that one I think maybe in the couple of months that it has been, he might have been able to blow up a little bit or, or be a bit bigger for the 155-pound weight class. But I do like AJ McKee at 145. He spent his whole career there. Um, but yeah, maybe if he's trying to carve out a new 
legacy for himself, 155 could be could be a uh, pretty good uh, for him. But I think he beats Roberto de Souza. But this is the this is the fight, man. Which a lot of people are saying Roberto de Souza is going to win. A lot of people are saying that if if a Rosen guy is going to win on this card, it's going to be de Souza. But I think that he's a little bit too one dimensional again. Because the thing is, AJ McKee. He is very well-rounded, and I'd like picking well-rounded guys, uh, which is pretty hypocritical because I didn't pick Sujo Kim, but um, I do like picking well-rounded guys, and I think AJ McKee is much better on the feet. And I think although he is a good grappler, I feel like he's not really going to use that grappling offensively. I think he's going to use that grappling to get out of grappling situations, or I hope that's what's going to happen because I don't want to see AJ McKee try and submit Hiberto de Souza to prove a point. I kind of just want to see him try and beat him. Uh, by decision or, or beat him on the feet by knockout, which he has been knocked out before. Um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be an interesting fight. This is the one that I'm really the most interested in, and I think it's the one that most people are the most interested in for quite obvious reasons. Uh, Roberto de Souza is a very, very live underdog in this matchup. In fact, is he the favourite? No, he's not. He's still an underdog. He's about plus 150, plus 160. H.A. McKee is about minus 190, almost minus 200. But I like him. I, I'm so sorry, guys. I picked all the favorites. I picked all the Bellator guys. But I give in my reasons for it. And it does just come down to the fact that I think that Roberto de Souza might be a little bit too one-dimensional to beat someone like AJ McKee, who was super well-rounded. Like, this guy grew up doing mixed martial arts. Like, he's trained everywhere. This is AJ McKee, by the way. He's got jiu-jitsu. He's got the striking. He's got better striking than de Souza, who... He's not just a pure grappler. Like, he is, he is um, somewhat well-rounded. Like, he does have striking if he needs to use it. But it really is grappling through and through and actually mckee's a great grappler too i just hope he doesn't try and tie tie up Roberto de souza or get Roberto de souza to the ground this and that i think aj mckee's going to win the fight on the feet i think he's going to keep the fight on the feet i think he's going to land a pretty good shot i think he might have Roberto de souza hurt but i don't think he's going to finish him i'm going to go with aj mckee by decision by keeping the fight on the feet staying out of um submissions and uh keeping the fight on the feet and just winning with volume and power one thing that I have seen commented though is that it could be interesting to see if any of the Ryzen guys get any dodgy decisions, but I don't think that's going to happen, man. I really do think that Bellator guys are going to win. So yeah, let me know what you guys think uh, in the comments below, man. I'm very interested in this card. I think it's really good. But uh, yeah, thanks to you guys so much for watching the video. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And as I was saying before, there is that $1,000 We Want Picks giveaway, which you're definitely going to want to be a part of. And I'm asking MMA, talking about Bellator MMA versus Ryzen Fighting Federation on the We Want Picks channel. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you very, very much for watching.